Welcome to another episode of Well To Do. I'm Andy Lou, and this show is all about the things that you need to do to be really well. This episode is proudly brought to you by Aries Tech. Aries Tech is this little guy here, the button that goes on the back of your phone or any of your technology. And unlike blocking any sort of electromagnetic radiation, Aries Tech helps you to modulate and gives you a better frequency to help deal with any EMFs. They're surrounding us, but Aries Tech helps us to better adapt. So now I'd like to introduce to you our guest, Sam Webb. It is such a pleasure to have this Aussie legend here in LA with me on Well To Do. Andy, it's a pleasure being here in the studio. I'm grateful to be here with you and yeah, um, yeah I'm excited for, for having a great chat with you today. And I am really too because I've known about your work in Australia and you've been on Survivor, you have a company called Living.org or should I say Livin and you also have your own podcast called It Ain't Weak to Speak. I've actually been a guest on it yesterday. You're amazing. You're an all-rounder. Tell us about your higher purpose. Like what has actually led you here today? You just lost an earring there. I saw that. <laughs> We've got to acknowledge that. Uh, that it was, was a good great. catch, that wasn't was it? That was a great catch. Uh, I, I guess, look, it's – I'm very – first of all, I'm very grateful to be here. I'm yeah. going to make that really clear. Um, I'm a student of life. I'm not a mental health professional by any means, but a lot of the work that I do is in the mental health space. Um, and it's good that you brought that up because – well to do has never had somebody talk about mental health just yet. So I've brought you on to talk about that because it's, I guess, your area of expertise, especially when you've had to be on something like Survivor and really have a strong, you know, headspace for a show like that. Mm. And, I, and I think it goes back a lot, a lot earlier than, you know, being on Survivor in 2016. I think, you know, living was a big part of my life after losing a good friend of mine to suicide in 2013. And, mm. um, I, for the people that don't know, I lost a friend by the name of Dwayne Lally. Uh, he was 23, 24 years of age at the time in 2013. And I remember being with Dwayne the night that uh, he took his life. And I remember him saying, he opened up to me about his life being, you know, it was great and his life looked bright and promising, but he'd tried to take his life before. Mm. Mm. And I was so caught off guard, I didn't see it coming. And as mm. someone who's dealt and, and still does to this day experiences my own mental health challenges mm. in anxiety and in panic disorder, I, you know, I thought I listened as best as I possibly could have. I thought I, I said the things as a friend that I, I could have possibly said and I didn't see the warning signs. And in hindsight, when I look back and all the information that I know now, given the, you know, the last eight or nine years and the work that we've done in the community and the work that I've done on myself, mentally and physically, you know, I probably – there probably were warning signs the night that Dwayne opened up to me. Really? Yeah. What were and they? Just, you know, he, he, t he told me his last two words to me were, I'm fine. Okay. They were the last two words that I heard from Dwayne yeah. the night that he took his own life and the yeah. impact that his life and his death had on an entire community was life-changing mm. and, mm. and, and so many people. Like imagine his family, mm. you know, and the people that have to go through that. So you're and, saying that – Saying too little is not enough. Yeah, it can be. Just like women kind of say when they have, you know, argument with their boyfriend, spouse, whatever, I'm fine, but they're not. And men know that they're not, you know. Yeah, I, th I think it's a fine line. I'm not saying anyone that says that they're mm. fine isn't fine by yeah. any means. But what I'm saying is as, as humanity, as humans, we need to dig deeper. 
we need to, need to explore conversations on a deeper level so that we can get the information out of the other person, how they're really feeling. And I feel like looking in retrospective and looking back, I feel like, you know, Dwayne was going through it. And maybe if I took the time to listen more and open myself up more and share about how I was actually feeling, maybe I could have created a safer environment for Dwayne to open up about how he was really feeling. And I can't take that. And I've been through it. Look, trust yeah. me, I've been through the guilt phase. I've been through the phase of taking responsibility. It was my fault Dwayne yeah. took his life. But look, at the end of the day, it wasn't. I've, I've done the work on myself. Mm. I've done the work to get to where I am today. And, and I know wholeheartedly I did what I knew how in the moment of time with the information that I had. But look, I mean, I would take everything, all the work that I've done, all the work that we've done to, to get someone like Dwayne back, to get Dwayne back here. But this affects far many, like many more people than anyone realizes. And I speak from both a lived experience as someone who's lost a number of people to suicide, but also my own lived experience of someone who actively deals with, with mental ill health. Right. So it's interesting that you say, you know, you wanted to open up the conversation because half the healing is, or half, yeah, half the healing is in the hearing, right? So listening to you and, and your feelings and how it affects people, it's just huge because a lot of us aren't really, you know, actively listening to each other. You know, we're so busy and having those moments of being so present is so important, not just with ourselves but with each other, right? Yeah, it is and this is something that, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work on seriously over the years and, and I still work. I got, one of my favourite quotes is, no one knows everything about anything. And I talk about this in my keynotes about the importance of listening. I had a friend of mine who's also a psychologist tell me he, he went through his own experiences as a psychologist and he said that one of his superiors hit him up at, at one of his trainings when he was trying to intervene with a client. And he said, mate, you've got you've to listen. You've got to listen. Let, let them speak. Listen twice as much as you speak because oftentimes when you do, people will tell you what you want to hear. Now, I never, I've never forgotten that advice in my life, but I've had to do more research and, and I have had to dig deeper. Like what does actually – really listening look and feel like like you just said it then like we've got to be present and we've got to just like listen and drop down into their level and be there for them and i get that and it sounds easy but what we must understand is that we, we we were taught how to speak we've been taught how to read we've been taught how to write but we've never really been taught how to listen so i think listening on a level which i talk about in my keynotes is called empathic listening we often do one most people do one of four things they either you know they listen and they pretend they listen, they nod, yeah, they're good. They might listen and listen to a few of the words that you're saying and, and that's cool. They might not listen at all or they might understand to a point of what you're saying but not on a deeper level. Mm. But very few people practice empathic listening and that's listening with your ears, listening with your eyes, listening with your heart mm -hmm. and you're giving someone, you know, emotional and emotional air so that they can speak and, and share on a deeper level. And I, if this, is in, this information is stuff that you can't teach, it takes years of experience and it's, it's probably the most beneficial tool that I've learned in my entire life mm. and it goes across every relationship. Well, the world needs more empathy. So for those who don't understand empathic, it comes from the word empathy and having empathy is so healing too. And it kind of conjures up some memories for me as being a new mum. You know, when Bodhi, my son, 
you know, first came into my life and, you know, babies have a lot of needs and, you know, you can call them a Velcro baby because they want to be just attached to you and that's great. I mean, what a beautiful problem to have but they learn and from being next to you and and we synchronise heartbeats, breathing and, you know, body temperatures by being close. I mean, our Western world doesn't do enough of that but it's normal in Asian culture and African culture to wear babies, co-sleep and all these things. And so in our modern world when we're adapting and we spoke a little bit about this on your podcast as well yesterday, how you come into the world says a lot about who you are and Mm. it sets up neurological pathways about, you know, how our neurological, you know, development is going on. And I just want to talk about how I remember one of the great mentors that I found through the Australian Breastfeeding Association, Pinky McKay, she was a lactation consultant, but she called uh, when the child would come up to you, having that moment of being so present when they had the needy whatever it was and flipping perception and actually surrendering to that moment instead of you going, but I just got to finish this email you know, and viewing it as an annoyance. When you quickly flick off and switch into empathic listening with your child, then you have this moment of what she calls an emotional refuel. And during that exchange, that emotional refuel for one another, something drops in where you're just more relaxed, all the answers come to you, you write the better email, the kid is now refueled with the emotional needs that are met and actually probably leads you for the next hour or two because it was a present and connected time. But I think we, we try and avoid that because and, – and what you resist persists. So if we just surrender to that and you're just listening now, so it feels like love actually and that's what we're here for, to love, serve, nurture. So I want to ask you, what is your sort of mantra for the world? Like what is your why? Why do you do everything that you do? It's a great question and, and I do everything that I do to stop other people having to experience the things that I've experienced in my life through my own mental health battles. So and through your darkness, you're yeah. giving them light. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to share through my lived experience and through shared lived experience the, thing, the tools and the strategies that I've learned so that I could help other people navigate those waters sooner rather than later because I've been down the rabbit hole and, and I've been in a tunnel where sometimes I haven't been able to see the light and I've had people on the outside saying, man, you've got to see the light, like it's there somewhere. And I, for so many years, I was like, I can't see it. I, just, I don't know what rose-coloured glasses you've got on, but I can't see what you're seeing. And What was did, the moment when you saw the light? I had to take a step back from my actual situation. Instead of looking at myself critically and saying, why this? Why can't you do that? Why can't you do this? Take a step back, look at yourself and your situation objectively Mm -hmm. from a place of love and a place of kindness and compassion. Treat yourself like you treat someone that you care about because that can go a long way. And I always say this, you don't have to be a mental health professional to help someone. You just have to be someone who, who is present as best as you can. And I'll always bring it back to listening because we often drive the the whole be a problem solver jump in the front seat like you're a mom like you, you know exactly what I mean like you know you're trying to problem solve all the time but sometimes and most of the time what people are really wanting you to do is just shut up and just sit there with them in their pain so you can try and understand how they feel in that moment they're not asking you to exactly feel like they like that, that you know because you just won't understand mm. exactly how they are and that's 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 a fact 
my anxiety would be different to yours. I don't feel exactly how you feel. The way I'm triggered might be different than how you're triggered. I can get kind of how you're feeling, but I don't know exactly what you're going through. Um, so I think just being with someone, trying to listen as best as you can, listening for non-verbal communication cues, things that I didn't pick up on Dwayne the night that he took his life. And, you know, the, the excessive partying and the, the ag agitated nature of – he was very manic that night. And, you know, 93% of communication comes across non-verbally, but we're never really taught that. Mm. We're always looking for what people are saying and speaking, mm. but we mm. never often look at people how they're acting, like with their body language, they cuddly, they walk and – like you told me this in the podcast yesterday. Yeah. Like when we spoke, like when you hunched Defense out. Posture. Yeah, yeah. Like in these are all things posture. you learn. When we're in defence posture, for you know, for those who are just listening now, there's less blood in the brain and it's all in the extremities ready to run away because of that adrenal response, that stress response, just like a boxer is ready to fight. Mm. And when we change our physiology, we actually change our chemistry and then in turn our emotional status. But the lifestyle around that, you know, Dwayne led that you were aware of, you know, the excessive partying, for me, your strategy on, you know, mental health is so good because it's a natural one. And it's addressing, you know, the root cause perhaps, but there it's always a multifactorial thing. There's always a lot of root causes. And, you know, I'm a big fan of doing everything naturally where possible. Of course, there are limitations of matter and where would we be without, you know, drugs and medication and the best hospitals and surgeons when it comes to emergency. But on an everyday life, if we can address things naturally, it's great. So, you know, having empathetic communication skills it, the healing is in in the hearing and tell me about your lifestyle by recognising that he had, you know, too much partying. Your lifestyle is quite healthy, is it not? So that helps you with your mental health as well. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not perfect by any means. I'm far from it. And, um, yeah, for the most part, I, I de definitely look after myself, you know, having a good routine, especially when I'm home, I eat well try and get great sleep I consume things that are positive for my mental health but there are times where I love a good time too I'm not going to yeah. sit here and pretend that I don't I don't I was partying with Dwayne the night that he took his life and there were a bunch of close friends that were and I I still do but like my, my lifestyle has changed very much you're about life. to get married yeah about to get married so <laughs> like, like my life experiences have changed and it shaped me to who I am today and I think anyone that's listening right now and and yourself and myself included we're all shaped by our past experiences mm -hmm. so and those experiences generally shape us at an early age like when we're in our you know five six seven years of age but it's very hard to change those wirings as you get older so there's a lot of work that needs to be done and i'm continuing to work on myself every day and and i'm far from healed um in a lot of regards but i'm also I, if I didn't go through the things I've been through, I wouldn't be where I am today either. So yep. I'm very, I'm actually really like grateful. grateful. Like people look at like experience like, oh, why'd that happen to me? But it's like, what did it teach me? Mm. And like I wouldn't be on this project projectile if I if I hadn't experienced the stuff that I did. And yeah, I, I, I can't change what happened in the past. What I can do though is learn from it. Mm -hmm. and help teach and inspire other people so they don't go down the same path that I did. I love this so much. I know it's going to be the teaser in our, yeah. <laughs> in our clip to help people watch the whole show. But, you know, it's just amazing what you're saying because that's what roots us in, I guess, why we do what we do. If we can turn our darkness into light for others, our wisdom comes from trauma. 
you know, seeing the dark. Why would you want to change that? Because now you get to see so much beauty and light as well. It's in the lessons, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you, not, I've never met one person in my life that hasn't made a mistake. And mistakes are a natural part of a human life cycle and you've just got to learn from them and, and take them with a good perspective and a good attitude. But sometimes when you're deep in the dark dungeons and the holes and the rabbit hole, you don't see that. You don't see those perspectives. And I get it. I've been there and I've been there a lot of times. And So you're saying that people feel or you've felt that if you've made a mistake that you're kind of down on yourself, you're hard on yourself. Yeah, of course. And then and if you're not mentally strong and you're not in a great place on the mental health continuum, you're not perceiving that mistake in a way where you could use it to your advantage. You're using it to to sabotage you even more and push you even further down the rabbit hole. This is huge, Sam. Like this is a real light bulb moment, I think, for people. Perceiving mistakes as what you can learn from it instead of being hard on yourself because a lot of mental health problems would come from people going, I bleeped up, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and where do they go from there? And so that forgiveness for yourself and then learning the lessons could be a really huge thing that we need to all do and learn from and an exercise and a skill that you need to practice, yeah, would you say? I, I, 100%. But again, it sounds easy. I'm sitting up here. <laughs> I've experienced it. I've been through it. Like it's not easy. And when, as I said, and I'm going to make this really clear, like give yourself a bit of permission to if you are, have you made a mistake, like be okay with feeling like shit and feeling like you've you've stuffed up but know that you stay in that situation you're only going to make it worse try and shake yourself off do the things that you enjoy so you can get back on track to start living a good life again and it does take time i seek solace in the fact that when i was about to become a new mum again this comes up with me and you i don't know why maybe you're going to have a child one day yeah, and you'll definitely. learn all these lessons i hope so but um you know it's really funny because a new mother can feel very how do you say like nervous about her role and she wants to be the best for that child and is she good enough and you know it's a lot of responsibility but I remember a, um, a Reiki healer did something on me when I was you know pregnant and she said just remember any mistakes you make your child has chosen you as its mother because it wants to learn from the mistakes that you're going to make I seek so much solace in that because together we're always learning and growing so what about then your vision, if we had to wave the magic wand, tell me about your vision for yourself. Tell me what you brought from being on Survivor to now your all your businesses. Yeah, I think I think the biggest learning in my vision is that you've just got to accept who you are as a human being in this world. It's a very big place, billions of people. Everyone's really unique and you've got to own that. It's yeah. kind of like the powerful part. Okay. People want to try and be like everyone else all the time. But Did you use that strategy on the show? No, not, no, not really. I think, I think again, it went back to listening. I think listening is the thing that you've got to do because it's about winning people over and becoming good friends with people and the social game. And that's, that's just part of life for me. Like I get along with people really well. Yeah, you do. Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, at the same time saying that, you just got to – You know you your just, skills. Yeah, you just got you to know what you're good at, know what you're not good at. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm not good at. I just – yeah, I'm just – I'm navigating this place the same way as everyone else is and I'm no further in front of anyone. And I, I saw a, a – 
you know, a meme the other day and it was about being a good mentor is someone that walks alongside you instead mm. of in front of you or behind you but, you know, by your side. And I always say we're all just walking each other home, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're like little ducks in a row just, just walking along <laughs> having a good time. And everyone's on their own path and my path might be different. It is different to yours and everyone. So I'm just trying to embrace that. And When you enjoy. went on Survivor though, did you lose a whole bunch of weight? Yeah, I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> But in 2016, I lost like seven, seven, eight kilograms. That's a lot for me. I don't have a lot of weight to lose. Exactly. That's why I'm asking, what does that actually do for your mindset? Um, I don't think that it does much for your mindset. Okay. Um, I think what it does for you though is it realizes that you change and you can change and, and okay. your body can live without food. There's a, there's a rule of three. So hmm, um, the rule of three I learn is when you're given a machete and you cut yourself on accident or a femoral artery, you've got three minutes to live. Uh-huh. then you've got three days to survive without water and then you've got three weeks to survive without food. So I live my life by rules of three. Okay. I know that I, my body can take – I can fast right now for two or three days and it's not even a problem. So it's a mental thing. It is yeah. all a mental thing. Everything in life is a mental thing. You could be a very skilled person at your job or in your relationship. You might be a great-looking person. But if you lack confidence or your mental health isn't intact, you're not going to get the job. People are going to notice that. Your missus is not going to – see the true value in you if you're insecure you know what I mean well if that was the easiest part then what was the hardest part about being on Survivor the hardest parts were definitely the nights like it rained almost mm. every night okay and um when it rains it, it pours and and you don't get sleep because it's like picture a drop of water hitting you in the right. face every two seconds well not even every couple of well we were seconds. talking about how sleep is important for mental yeah. health yesterday so huge one most important and a very simple thing people take for granted don't think about it as as important as it is Get a good night's sleep. Whatever that looks like for you, enjoy it. Because <laughs> you just never know. The next day you might have a rough night's sleep and then it affects the next day. So get the sleep when you can. And we can listen to your podcasts as we fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully maybe. Hopefully it won't actually, put us to sleep. Yeah, nah. I, don't, I might. Maybe sometimes. My voice, I don't know if it's that it's sleep orientated. It's not that it's soothing. more energized, isn't it? Not soothing. <laughs> Thanks. So where can we find you if we want to stay in contact with you? People can find me on Instagram at Sam Webb. S-A-M-W-E-B-B, or they can uh, they can find me at Sam Webb anywhere, really. Yeah, right. And uh, my <laughs> website is samweb.com.au and um, support living, L-I-V-I-N, um, dot org. Uh, follow us, support us, spread the love, grab some merch, help support the cause and, and save some lives at the same time. Love it. It's been such a pleasure listening to you today. All right, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Loved it. Sam Webb, love. we loved having you on Well To Do.